0: Well, I want to speak today about, oh, oh, (laughs) oh, yes, what an odd topic, (laughs) oh, and it it relates to this story that I spoke a few times a few weeks ago about the individual who was um, dying and I said to them that you have to receive, you need to receive Jesus as your savior In order to go to heaven and you must confess your sins and i said just ask jesus to forgive me of my sins and she replied jesus forgive me of my sins and then she said oh jesus forgive me of my sins and the oh (laughs) oh what what a word you know In theology, and this is where I I wanted to go back there, I was reading this this past week, and it says, in theology, there is no O. (laughs) In theology, in all of the theological books you can find, there's no word for O. (laughs) And this is significant because theology seeks to reduce um, what we may know of God to intellectual terms, that we would look at our life and what do we know of God? We would say we we know of his promises, we know that in the beginning God created, we know the theological terms, but there is no term for O. And the reason for that is the O is about relational. It's about an expression of who we are and being confronted with a reality of a person, personage of God. And we see in the scriptures there are a number of situations where O oh, is explained or is not explained, is, it, um, is spoken of, that it would be like not someone knocking at your door and, and you open up the door and go, oh, it's you, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's a good O, oh, you know, it's like uh, a person wakens in the morning and says, oh God, it's morning, And the other person says, oh, God, it's morning. (laughs) You know, so there is a difference in our use of the word oh. And so the theology then seeks to take what we know of God and put it within the context of some intellectual assent and some intellectual understanding. And that's perfectly right. We need to have an intellectual understanding of God. We need to have our doctrines and our theology, and we need to know what it is that we believe and why we believe, but being able to comprehend it has its limitations because we can comprehend something without knowing it, without actually having an awareness of it. It would be like, um, you know, I was going to say, finding a bride on the internet, (laughs) You may, or a husband on the internet. Uh, we, ha- I've, I've had <clears throat> individuals that I've met. They, they would go. They got well. Well, the one couple that was here, yeah, t- yeah, yeah, yeah. Brought her here from the Philippines, and Jose met Tracy on the internet. You found him. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, you see, that, and, that's, and that's a good thing. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah. So whenever we think about this, you know, Tom and Ivy that was here in our church, Tom met Ivy on the internet and brought her here from the Philippines. And the uh, acquaintance, <laughs> being able to know someone intellectually and know someone personally are two different things. And in the search that you do, that we do, that there are certain criteria that we look for. There are certain, a framework that we have about our life and and what we're looking for has to fit within that frame. And as Tracy said, that in the looking and in the searching, she looked for Jesus in someone's profile and found one. And that was Jose. (coughs) Jose. We'll fill you in on the rest later, okay? (laughs) What's that? Page two, yes. We'll get to the O part here soon. (laughs) Uh, But when you think about it, we can know a lot about God. We can read the scriptures. We can read about it. But the thing that we have to know that is, even though this is a history book, the people of the book are alive. But there's only one, Jesus, that speaks to us of eternal life. All the others are speaking to us of God, of their relationship with God, and of how that God through Christ has come to be with us. And so, just as this person was in there before they went home to be with the Lord, we're able to say, Oh, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, forgive me of my sins. And there was a, another situation, since I'm speaking about that, there was another situation in which the family member said, okay, I'm going home to heaven today. And everybody in the family, oh, no, no, we think, not today. It's, you know, you're not, it's obvious that you're not going home today. He says, yes, they told me they're coming today. And so, and they were laying there, and they, were, they said, move the, move the stand, because they're coming for me. And oh, well, I, went, I said, move the stand, move the stand over. And about a half hour later, the person said, they're here, I'm going to go to heaven now. And everybody's, <laughs> and they died. We went to heaven. <laughs> it was like, they knew they were coming, and they knew that they were there, and they even, made, they even rearranged the room so that they, they would have, re- able, be able to, for her to be able to go to heaven with them. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, you showed up. Did you ever pray and say, Oh, Jesus? Most of the time we're like, Oh, (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is it? It's a dog. Oh, okay. It's a little puppy. Oh. (laughs) So we we have this, Oh, Jesus factor in our lives. and, And sometimes it's like, Why would you let this happen to me? Oh, Jesus, why would you let this happen to me? It's like we're looking at the circumstance and saying, Oh, Jesus, rather than looking at Jesus and saying, Oh, Jesus, here's the circumstance, we've got it backwards. How is it that we are to turn these things around so that the framework that we're looking at, the picture within our frame, is that God is greater than all the obstacles that we face. So in our framework, we've got to see that God is greater than problems, people, circumstances, situations, that the, in light of Jesus, these things are small. There is nothing impossible with God. There's nothing beyond His reach. There's nothing beyond His ability. And God is constantly reminding us that He loves us. So in this framework, We've got to have, God loves me, God has forgiven me, and God is greater than anything that I'll ever face. So with that understanding, with that criteria, we have to look at life. We look at the difficulties of life. We look at the things that happen in life, the things that we don't understand, the things that, as we go through the valley of transition from one area of our life to the next, God is there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the shadow of transition, death to an old way of life, death to our sinful life, alive to our godly life. You know, so this transition time, this transition time is, is so very important. What's he see up there? He sees a puppy up there. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> You know, and it's it's so, (laughs) and with excitement. Oh, it's a puppy. (laughs) You see, uh, look at our lives. Do we have that expression? You know, do we have that expression in our life and in our expectation? Oh, it's a puppy. Oh, it's Jesus. Oh, it's morning. You see, see how important it is for us to see God at work. Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 29.11, he says, you know, God is saying to Jeremiah that when Israel, Israel's in Babylon, okay? They're in captivity. They are in, they've been conquered by the Babylonians. They're pulled out of their homelands, and they're, they're in this foreign country, foreign land. And what happens is, Jeremiah receives a word from the Lord. And he says, I'm going to show up and take care of you as I promised, and I'm going to bring you back home. I know what I'm doing. (laughs) You see, this is where we get the oh, Jesus part, that God doesn't somehow know what he's doing. Because if he knew what he was doing, he certainly wouldn't do it this way. (laughs) The way that it's happening in our Expectations have been tanked. <laughs> While God is saying, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to... Ruth? I have plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I ha- he has a plan. He has a plan to give us Our future. Do you ever wonder what that future is? (laughs) What does that future contain? Well, you know, if you look at our government, well, you know, if you look at the infrastructure of our system, well, you know, if you look at what happened in the past, and you know that there were bad things happened... You know, pretty soon we can talk ourselves out, of, uh, talk ourselves into, oh Jesus, <laughs> things are bad. Do you have you taken note, God, about how bad things are? Did you know that God isn't limited by how bad things are? <laughs> God isn't limited by things that have happened, that people have caused to happen, people who have willfully. Set out to destroy. Like God doesn't know. God is—is is he out of—is it out of control? No, it's not out of control. God has plans for our life. He has plans that are set before us. Plans that we are to choose and to follow. You know, on uh, Wednesday night we do—we're doing the Book of John. So we'll be at this for another four or five years. But, <laughs> yeah, we move very thoroughly through the book. And this week we were doing the woman at the well, and we got about halfway through it. But anyhow, the woman at the well is set up that Jesus says to his disciples, I have to go through Samaria, and I, you know, and I have to go through Samaria. Now, he doesn't tell the disciples all the things. He just says he has to go through there. And, it, you know, to understand this, the Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. Neither one of them spoke to each other. And Jesus meets this woman at the well. And, and first of all, she's upset because she's taken back because he's a Jew and he's a man. And he's talking to her and he's asking her to get him water out of a well. And it's at noontime. And this is, this is just everything is wrong with the situation. But the challenge for us is Jesus went out of his way to meet someone. I know the plans I have. Jesus will go out. Jesus has gone out of his way to meet with you. He has come to a place and he has come to a place in each of our lives to meet with us and to challenge us in our needs and to challenge us in our quest in our wherever we're at, at the noontime of our life, where this woman is coming there because she's had five husbands and the one she's lived with isn't her husband. And Jesus says to her, I've come to meet with you and give you water that you really can't get from this well. See, oh. She receives the message that Jesus is the Messiah. He tells her directly, "I I am the Messiah. And you would think, Jesus is going to declare the truth of who he is to a woman who's had five husbands and the one she's with isn't her husband that he is going to declare to this person he's the Messiah? I mean, it's not the religious people. It's not standing in the temple. He is standing at the well at noontime with a woman who no one in that community will have anything to do with because she comes at noon so she can avoid the crowd and will not be picked on by the rest of them. And it's to this woman he reveals, I'm the Messiah. See, in our framework, we, we, we are sometimes very critical of who we are and that we're not good enough, we haven't done this, we haven't done that. You see, how many ways we will try and eliminate ourselves from what God wants to speak to us, we try to eliminate ourselves as if we're not worthy god has made us worthy he loves us he loves each of us the same and so he he searches us out he brings us to the point of <coughs> he brings us to the point of oh jesus <laughs> forgive me oh jesus be with me. You know, sometimes, if you've ever been close to a car accident, I was driving the other day, and I was just par- I was stopped to make a left-hand turn. I was going uh, to get some ice cream, but uh, <laughs> And uh, I was stopped to make a left-hand turn. And I was right on the line because I wanted to give room for people to go around me on the right. And this guy, it was a guy, it wasn't a woman, it was a guy, <laughs> comes around the turn and he comes straight for me. It's like, you know, you can move over. <laughs> He's in a truck. You can move over. Now, I don't know if he was trying to scare me or he was daydreaming, he was texting or he just wasn't there. I've never been and I'm like, oh Jesus. <laughs> and he came right by me. And I mean, he ah to my eyes, that's the closest I've ever been and never been hit. Now, I don't know if he planned it that way. I don't know if he was just daydreaming or he's just trying to teach me to stay off the middle of the road. I have no idea. But my ice cream was <laughs> worth it. <laughs> Nothing shall stop us from getting our ice cream. (laughs) Amen, that's it, yeah. But you see, that even in our ice cream situations, oh Jesus, (laughs) are doing certain things of our life, God is there and his presence is with us, even if it's for getting ice cream. (laughs) They probably could have me do a little more a little less with ice cream than I am but he was still there in each of our parameters of our life God is there he's there to see us through them see us in them protect us or whatever it is take us home to heaven it doesn't matter we are oh Jesus we are ready to meet the obstacles that are in front of us because Jesus is there and we've made the choice <laughs> you see God is with us. We ask him to be a part of our every decisions. We ask him to be part of our everyday. Every day we awaken it should be, "Oh Jesus, <laughs> thank you for the day." What we're doing is setting the tone for our belief for the day. God, you're going to guide me. God, you're going to bless me. That's not being selfish. That's just being, the, the reality is that everything we've got is a gift from God. And, you know, the this, this story of, uh, I use it in Sunday school, and I've used it before, but I think it's such a good story is that it's not necessarily true theologically. It's an, oh, th- theology. Die, go to heaven. In heaven, the guy goes there in his big warehouse He goes in the warehouse and this warehouse full of boxes and there's names on each of the boxes and they're all stacked to the top and he goes around and around and he finds his own section with his name on it and it's got boxes there and he goes, God, what's this? God says, those are the blessings I wanted to bestow upon you and bring into your life but you refused them. (laughs) It's like, whoa. See, how many times do we say, God, I'm unworthy. God, I really don't need that. How many times do you give things, you want to give things to people? You know, it's like, don't turn down God's blessing. Because when God blesses you and I, we're going to take of that blessing, not only use it in our life, but we're going to give it to someone else for not only are we being blessed but we're going to bless other people because that's the nature of our giving and the, the, the nature of God's gift inside of us that what we have been gifted with we're going to share if we were going to build barns and you know receive and build bigger barns you know <clears throat> be careful you know what you've got is going to go to somebody else quicker than you think <laughs> you know the the, the guy who Tore down his barns and built bigger barns, and thou fool, <laughs> you foolish person, tonight you're gonna, you're, it's all over for you. And in our life, Jesus is, this revelation that we have of Jesus, this, oh, Jesus revelation is beyond human understanding. It isn't something that we can put words to theologically. It is a personal relationship with God, whereby he has forgiven us of our sins, whereby we know that he is there to keep us, and that each day is a gift from God, and we are expecting God's blessing to come into our life. And we're expecting God's best to come to us each day. And that in that expectation, and in that receiving, (laughs) we're open-handed, in our receiving, we are open-handed because it is something that flows through us. The reservoirs of God are never depleted by our use of them because they not only flow through us, they flow into the lives of others. Life cannot, <laughs> life cannot die. Nothing is just like the, the light that can't be extinguished. Life cannot die. I mean, our body will cease functioning, but life will never die. It is a gift from God. And God's breath of life into us is for a purpose. And that purpose is that God would bless us as his children and that we would be blessings. (laughs) That the blessings that we have received, we will freely give. You know, do you hold the door open for people? Do you smile at them? (laughs) What do you want? They're suspicious. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, what is it that you want from me? You know, no, nah, it's it's a gift. It's a you know, we're just doing things because it's the natural thing to do. I I, I think I said this last week. I'm not losing my mind. I'm just re- using illustrations to prove a point. <laughs> there was this. It was raining. Did I say this last week? I don't know. I do not say it yet. Don't you know if I said this last week? <laughs> you didn't watch the, t- the video? It was raining, and I was had my umbrella. Try to keep two or three in the car, you know, because <laughs> I always forget where they're at during the car. And uh, so I have this umbrella. And I go up to the door of the, the hospital, and um, there was a, one of the aides was coming out. And, you know, and I said, and she's got her, hood up over, you know, that's not a hood, but kind of try to keep from rain. I put my arm around her and said, let's go to the car, <laughs> you know, and so I, I walked her to the car. And, you know, I said, do you need an umbrella? I got extra. She says, no, I have one. But I walked her, and it was rain. It was downpouring. Took her to the car and went back in. And there was like four or five people. They must have all been watching, you know. <laughs> that was not really nice of you. That was really nice of you. Well, well, it shouldn't have, it wasn't even a second thought, you know, now, if I wouldn't have liked her, I probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> you see, that would just blew the whole thing, right? But, even if, but see, the, the point is, if we didn't like someone, then we're on the, you know. God wants us to express and to show our love whether we like them or not. God wants to bless and show his love through us whether we are... You see, we have a purpose, and our purpose is to bless people. We have a purpose, and our purpose is to do good. And not because it originates, you know, I've been so tired of doing good. Then don't do it, because you're doing it, we're doing it from our own strength. We need God's strength to do good because it doesn't deplete our energy. It doesn't deplete who we are because we're doing it for God, and with God's help. With God's help, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ, who gives me strength. You see, in Matthew chapter seven, I give Hosea probably about 10 lists of scriptures maybe six, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I tell him, I'm probably not going to get there, but, <laughs> but in Matthew chapter seven, it's a very, very important story for us. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life, not homeowner improvements, not home improvements to your standard of living. Here we have the story of the wise man who built his house upon the rock. I remember this as a kid. Wise man built his house upon the rock. I used to sing that. On on tune and in key. (laughs) You know that's not true. Uh, What happened to the wise man? He built his house upon the rock. What happened to the foolish man? Built his house upon the sand. All right, we know the story what we've failed to recognize, I think, is that both men experienced the same storm. Both individuals experienced the same storm. Both had a home that was structurally sound. But what was missing was the foundation. The foundation and what it was built upon. You see... People who don't have God can go through the same storms as those who do have God. And we're still standing. We're still standing. Because we have our foundation in Jesus Christ. And on Jesus Christ, the solid rock I stand, oh, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is my foundation. He is my savior. He is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my friend. He is my friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He is my very present help in time of need. He is my guiding word and guiding and protecting Rod, and as I transition through the valley of change, he is all these things. He is more than life to me. He is the giver of life. He is the purpose for our living. Nothing can ever separate us from the love of God. No storm can wipe out our home because the foundation of our life is Christ and the structure of our life is the body of Jesus and nothing can take it away. Neither life nor death, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, none of these things can take down your house. None of these things can take down your house. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You see? That's an oh, Jesus moment. Because when we see Jesus... We know everything's okay. Because it's on the truth of that revelation that he is alive, that our life is built. (coughs) Last week, Easter, my favorite Easter story is when Mary is at the feet of Jesus, and weeping, wanting to know where, what have you done with his body? You see, we can think that our hopes and our homes are wiped out. But the truth of the matter is, they're not. They're standing right before us. Because when she heard him say her voice... Her name. When she heard the voice of Jesus say her name, she knew immediately who it was. Oh, Jesus. That's where we live. That's the place of security that we live. Oh, Jesus. And it's Jesus. Our, our, our home, our life, everything is safe. No matter what the storms may bring, Not going to take down this house, not going to take down this life, not going to extinguish this candle. This life cannot be extinguished because it's the light of God. It's the breath of God. It's God in me, the hope of glory. It's God who gives me strength. Amen? Say amen. Amen. Let's stand, shall we? so let us receive that truth into our lives oh Jesus can we say that as our closing statement oh Jesus remember that because it, there is no theological term for oh Moses burning bush Oh, <laughs> Jeremiah! Oh, Isaiah! Oh, woe was me! Oh, God! Oh, Jesus! That's the truth, the reality of our life with God. Nothing can take down this house, this structure that is built in Christ, because it's on Christ, the solid rock. I stand. Amen. Oh, say it! Oh, Jesus! Amen. Ha, <laughs>